Welcome to another episode of Dad's Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and with me today are Josh and Tabitha from Composite Effects Incorporated, or CFX. Uh, they are joining me today for this very special episode. We are going to be talking to them about everything that goes into and making their masks. We're going to talk to them about all this neat stuff that they come up with and, you know, maybe find out a little bit of nerdy secrets about them. So, Josh, Tabitha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes. Um, so I do have a question before we get completely into this. Um, how did the whole term Josh mom thing come up? So it's just kind of a funny story. Um, we'll get more into it a little bit later, but... <laughs> Josh took the position here at CFX as the mask operations manager um, just to streamline streamline the mask making process here at CFX. And so it, it was a <laughs> I created the position myself. The position did not exist. So you I gave yourself the name. Accidentally. <laughs> we, so, yeah. So I'll be honest with you. We, we so there's a couple of other managers here. And my job kind of floats between those managers. And so it was like, I was trying to be careful about not stepping on anyone's toes on an existing position. So I'm like, well, okay, what do I do? All right, well, I just kind of handle all the stuff on the mask side. So, all right, that's, a, that's kind of an operations director. And I just threw a mask in front of it, not realize. <laughs> then I wrote it down. And as I wrote, because I, I, I gave uh, the owner of the company a proposal like, hey, I would like to take this position on. This Here's some of the things that I, I I could do to help. And at the very end of it, you know, it'd be like, yeah, my title would be mask operations manager. And just like, it just glared out at me. It was mom. And the owner of the company saw it immediately. And we both kind of just agreed. It's like, well, yeah, that's basically what you're going to do. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fitting title. Let's roll with it. And yeah. And so I've rolled with it ever since. It's kind of fun. Uh, it is. It's. It's. Let me be. Be a little bit known as. Hey, what do you do? Well, hey, I'm the mom. I basically take care of everything. <laughs> so That's unintentional it. nickname from a necessary, uh, necessary role here at, at CFX. <laughs> but yeah, it was accidental. But I'm living with it. And so, do you ever just come in with like cookies or something for everybody and just tell them how special they are? Salsa and fudge, actually. <laughs> so yeah. So, so I'm not. Supposed to person but yeah so my nurture is i make a really killer salsa uh okay. and i can make any flavor fudge that you you would you could imagine and i, and I dabble so right now in my fridge i have some uh, caramel peanut butter fudge that it's just taking no one else is eating it uh, i think it's delicious but so it's taking me forever i, I had made like <laughs> that's that's awesome all right so now that we learned about you being mom. Let's uh, let's actually learn a bit, a little bit more about you guys it's, uh, itself. Uh, so, kind of look a little, little bit about Josh. So, we'll go to Tabitha, and then Josh. If there's any more you want to tell us about yourself, please by all means. So, Tabitha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. So, long story short, I grew up in San Diego, California. I was born and raised in San Diego, and I have been lucky enough to been go to go to San Diego Comic Con for the better part of my life. Um, I've been going since I was six and I am now on the other side of 30. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, and, you know, through a lot of nerd love and appreciation that my mom and my dad gave to me growing up uh, between music, movies, video games, comics, uh, muscle cars, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I had a very well-rounded nerd childhood. Um, and so... I fell into haunted houses. Uh, there is the Haunted Hotel in San Diego, which was a staple in San Diego. Everybody knew of that event during Halloween. Um, and I got to work there the year I turned 18. And that's how I met Josh. Uh, honestly, that's that's where we met. I was running the haunt down there. Um, okay. And sure enough, uh, a few years down the line, we had some of these really awesome masks show up at the event that we were working at. And we're like, oh, these are these are fantastic. They're not appliances they're not really crappy latex masks and um our actors our team just took to it a few years after that where josh and i started dating uh we opened for san diego comic-con the the haunt that we worked for since it was right there in san diego uh in downtown san diego um and we wore the masks and i wore a mask for the first time and I'm like holy crap this is amazing i'm never going back to latex masks or appliances or makeup um fast forward a little bit 
beyond that is actually where Josh comes really into play since he kind of assimilated himself into being friends with the owner of CFX. Uh, they came down to San Diego Comic-Con to work the event um, with HBO and Game of Thrones. And they said, hey, you guys are from San Diego. You guys know our product. You guys know this event. Will you please come and help us uh, show off our product at Comic-Con? And we said yes. And that's kind of how we got wrangled into doing PR work and freelance work for uh, CFX at that point. And we were doing Comic-Con for them for the next few years. And then the big industry trade show in St. Louis, which is Transworld for two or three years. And then eventually Ken, the owner of CFX was like, you know what, why don't you guys just come work for us full time? Uh, you got to move to Baton Rouge. And we were in California at the time and we're like, well, uh, just a good kind of segue point in our lives where what we were doing in California was expensive and not working the way we wanted it to. And we were at a good position to make the move. So we did it. And that, and then that is. She just gave you the entire, like how we got started with CFX. Uh, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So, so thank you. I, I had a lot of good, you know, nerd friends and I, I kept up with my interests and horror and Halloween has always been something that I was super passionate about. Um, my aunt is actually responsible for that, not my mom or my dad. So uh, I fell into it and I haven't looked back ever since. So you guys are both into the spooky genres a little bit here, right? Safe to say? Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny. I just legitimately, purely out of coincidence, uh, our last uh, DNA episode, we did, um, we did it. Uh, no, now actually it was like two episodes ago. We did on um horror movies like we were sitting there talking about it and i had a guy that he's he works on the podcast as one of our DD voice actors and so we were sitting there talking about it so maybe you two can explain this to me how come all we'll say spectral and demonic movies horror movies take place on the east coast but all like murder slash stuff seems to take place in like the midwest have you ever well, noticed that the ghostly hauntings in my opinion it comes uh -huh. from the the age of things on the East coast, because okay. there's a lot of older buildings. There's a lot of different history, a lot of deeper history, uh, back on the East coast and on the West coast, you know, we have earthquakes, we have fires and property <laughs> value is so high that nothing old really lasts unless it's, you know, a national landmark. And I mean, the slasher thing, we had a lot of slashers out on the West coast in, in California specifically. So, I mean, honestly, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, but, uh, I would love to see some more haunted house stories from, you know, the, the West coast. They tried Winchester mystery house. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with Tabby. I, I remember that. that. Yeah. There is that, that, that crazy house. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have a crazy story that we were able to go up onto the roof of the, the Winchester. Winchester house, mm -hmm. uh, during one of their, they were preparing for a Halloween event that they do there. And uh, Tabby and I were assisting them with some stuff. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so some of the work was up on the roof of the Winchester house, which uh yeah to access there. it you had to kind of go through some of the some of the attic space and then climb out through a window to get out onto the the roof of the the building it was cool but it was really cool definitely took a few pictures that's awesome <laughs> I, I i like it i i I've, i'm familiar with the story but could it ever be possible that somebody just wanted to design this house to piss people off like some of the <laughs> I mean, yeah, very, very, very yeah. possibly that someone just like, you know what? I or, or they got bored, they just want to do weird stuff, or they were on a lot of drugs, you know, and <laughs> not in California. Wait, and they're like, <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just gonna put a door here. Where does that go? I don't know, but you know what? I'm gonna start over here now. Um, <laughs> in California has a lot of really wonderful haunted history of its own right, um, uh, but nothing like what we've discovered here in the south for yeah, sure. It's, uh, so the town I live in, um, in Southington, Connecticut, uh, is actually home. Uh, for the movie A Haunting in Connecticut. I've actually been to the house that it was based off of. And I didn't know it. I walked right past it nonchalant. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice house with a nice red door in there. And then they're like, that's the house. I'm like, what house? The Haunting in Connecticut. Nope. Uh -huh. I'm out. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you you said you're, uh, uh, as we get off the little tangent there, uh, welcome to DNA. This is what we do. We do tangents. That's um, the way my so I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, nerdy, you are very nerdy, is or rather, you you go to a lot of same, the comic cons and stuff. Uh, what are some of your nerdy hobbies? Um. So here, a general <laughs> hobby here in the shop is a uh -huh. lot of the guys and, and gals here like to play D and D. Um, okay. And so there, I think there's two or three different campaigns going on right now. 
um, with active employees. Some of, uh, you know, we have some contract employees and okay. some employees that are no, you know, still friends of the shop, but, you know, no longer working here in the shop. And so I think they have a couple of campaigns going right now. So that's a big one. Um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't had time for like a D&D game in so long, but uh, I would love to kind of get back into it. Uh, when I was younger, I used to play all the time. And then uh, for me, I right now I'm on my video game kick. Um, I just completed uh, the Spyro Reignited trilogy. I'm, I'm finishing that again. Oh, my God. Waiting Old for the, the Final Fantasy VII Remaster Part Two or wherever else it's going next yeah, she, to come out. She obsessed um, on the first one, and that's all that was in the house for a day and a half, three, it's, three it's days. It's definitely the theme on the PlayStation right now when you power it up is, is a problem. Now, are you PC gamers? Um, I never was growing up. I was definitely a console gamer. Uh, so console, PlayStation is where my heart truly lies. Uh, Josh did it quite a bit so, on console. So I was, but I'm kind of old school. And I like like the <laughs> and the Counter-Strike. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I would just sit on in front of the, the PC forever. I have a full built gaming PC that's ready to go. And we had a VR system for a while, but we just weren't using it because we're traveling all the time for trade shows. And that's what I was just telling you. Like, hard. I, I want one of the new uh, RTX video, you know, the, the 3000 series video cards. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, well, but then I think about it, it's like, I don't even, I can't remember <laughs> the last time I fired the computer up because I'm never home to, to just sit and enjoy it. And I, I have a, I have a decent setup. I have a, I have a 34 inch curved screen monitor. Um, I have a, a tweaked out uh, GTX 1080 video card in there running an i7 with 32 gigs of uh, memory. Um, everything's exactly. like over, yeah everything's overclocked and everything like that and it, it, when i fire it up it sounds like you know a supercharger <laughs> i always know when but, he turns on the but yes no stealth the last, gaming in that house huh? okay, so the last, last thing i did on it just to make sure it still worked from the last time we moved it is uh i i fired up again i'm, I'm old school when it comes to a lot of stuff uh again uh, civilization five i think it is I, yeah. yeah i fired up a game and I was I was cheating on a game of Civilization Five, just kind of playing. There's and, nothing wrong with retro gaming. I do like, Age of Empires all the time. Like I yeah, love old so, school games. Yeah. So and that, that's kind of what I I like that kind of you know turn turn based game like that, or it has to be like a in your face shooter. Yeah. I'm really bad at first person shooters. I like them and I like playing them, but I'm horrible at them um specifically halo like i like the halo games they're beautiful to watch they're beautiful to yeah. look at i've got a lot of friends who are spartans and they do the whole costume and cosplays and stuff but i am so bad at it so it's <laughs> there there's a game that's right up your guys alley um called phasmophobia my brother got me into yes. it i, I, that. I it, that one. oh my god so let me tell you what i am a grown ass man I am. I sp I did ten years in the U United States Navy. I've been in two uh, combat scenarios, and there's not a day I don't play that game with all the lights on and don't still scream like a little girl. Dude, it I is terrifying. It is the. It's it's it's. I I'm sadistic. I I, I am. I'm, I'm I I like <laughs> causing myself punishment apparently because this game. And my brother got into it and got me into it. I'm not I was re never really a PC gamer and he goes, "Hey dude, you got to check out this game. It is mm -hmm. ghost hunting, you know, yeah. ghost hunting, but you have to push B button to talk out of a like in a speaker system like, is mm -hmm. there anybody here? And you pray to whatever deity you want to believe in. At this point, I, you know, Lucifer Buddha, I don't care who's <laughs> listening. Like please don't answer back cuz you speak into a I, I did. And and because I'm going to be doing an episode, I'm actually going to go uh, right now. It's, I'm going by myself uh, <laughs> legally uh, on a ghost hunt in like <laughs> a crypt. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I, I got like a spirit box and all these other nice. little things. And you're talking in the game and you go, are you here? And then it goes, die. And you're like, cool. I'm out of this game. Uh, it's it's terrifying. So I, I the same way. I remember growing up playing the first like Resident Evil games. And, oh like, yeah, when you open the door when you come out, in, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, I put it down. I remember walking away. And then same Chuck thing. The, with the, last, the first Last of Us came out, and the stupid ass clickers came at you for the first time. I literally like, we were in the front room. We have a large projector. We do video game movies on. And like, I remember, cause so it's huge, it's larger than life. So I'm not like looking at a little screen. So it's huge and it comes out of nowhere. And I remember I put the controller down and I sat there and I had to like, I literally had to walk away for a few minutes, come back to it because it was just, 
I, I'm expected and it scared the shit out of me. It scared me. <laughs> Those scares will consistently get me. Josh and I, we don't get scared by movies very often, but jump scares will always, you know. Impact oh yeah, no, you. and it does the headphones. Yeah, it, it does the headphones behind you. You hear the breathing or the grudge yes. gurgling. Oh. Uh, oh, it is. It is like this yes, is not a no. game you play around kids because you oh, <laughs> they you, you swear yeah. like a sailor. Yeah, it's language, language will occur. <laughs> yeah. So but that's that's it's fun and I strongly encourage it. Uh, so we definitely got to learn a little bit about you. I love it. These tangents. I really do. Um, so. You get, tell us a little bit. Let's go right into CFX itself. Uh, okay. Tell us about uh, composite effects. Like, what is it? Give us all the details that you can. Uh, I'll start this one off yeah. a little bit. All right. So, yes. composite effects form. Uh, so, the two owners of the company were kind of working together around 2006, uh, going into 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, they were both makeup artists for the 13th Gate Haunted Attraction here in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Um, and basically the, the 13th gate had exploded in terms of its attendance and they went from doing 20, you know, 20 to 30 actors in makeup to needing to do 60 to 80 actors in makeup. So they were looking for just alternatives. And one of the main makeups was a pinhead, you know, from Hellraiser that they were doing. There was no good masks out on the market. So they created one out of silicone. Um, it's still here in the shop. Uh, it's over in the owner's office, so I can't grab it. I, I personally show it to you on the video that we have going on over here, but uh, <laughs> I know everyone else wanted to be able to see it. But yes, yeah, so really, it was a, a, a pinhead from Hellraiser mask that was created. Uh, they realized that, yeah, we can just throw this onto any actor very quickly, take it right back off and use it again the next night. Uh, shortly after that, another company in LA called SPFX uh, was formed. And they actually came to market a few months before mm -hmm. Composite Effects did with the first, you know, commercially produced mask. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is, uh, so this is 2007, starting to roll into the 2008 season. Uh, 2008, they, Composite Effects attended the first Transworld trade show. Um, and for those that don't know, it sounds funny, but Transworld is, it's a giant Halloween costume and party convention. It's the Halloween um, and Haunted Attraction trade show. Yeah, H-A-A-A show uh, presented by Transworld. Hey, Transworld was a skate company in the back in the day. They used to do a bunch of like ski and snowboard conventions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And somehow or another, they are convinced, you know, connected to the, the Halloween side of things. It, it, it makes total sense. You know, I think snowboarding, right. skiing, you know, kind of that about, you know, the extreme <laughs> sports, you know. <laughs> scared um, yeah. So basically, uh, this used to be held held in uh, Rosemont, Chicago, uh, which is just outside of Chicago um, in Rosemont. And it was super cold there. It was, you know, snowing in winter. The, the show was held in like late February, early March. So it was one of those things where all these crazy haunt people would get together and go check out and see what the new, you know, all the new stuff that was created. Um, and that's basically where I discovered uh, Composite Effects. And uh, it was formed by Kenny Decker and uh, Wes Branton. Wes Branton. Sorry, I couldn't remember Wes's last name. <laughs> no, no, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it was the two guys, and basically they had three masks in a little 10 by 10 booth. They're actually, uh, you can see them behind yes, us. We, we, yes. won't, we won't tease everyone because they, they can't see it. But yeah, I, I have some of the original masks that are sitting right behind me right now. So those are the actual originals right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So that's those, awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to divert yeah, a little bit. That's okay. Uh, so, so, this guy right here, we were talking about sorry, the amp. But, uh, yeah, that is the first generation amp, and you can see his paint is starting to wear. But I mean, that, this bad guy was created in 2007, most likely. And this is first generation Belial, and that's actually second generation Belial right there as yeah. well. And so we we update the masks throughout the years uh, with yeah. for better fit, um, better styling. Hold on, one. Let me just get the yeah. same. Back. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Abby will probably adjust it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they basically had the three masks. It was a devil mask, uh, an imp mask, which is kind of a like a just a, a long eared fairy elf tail type yeah, thing. He's a devil maker. Yeah. yeah. And then a zombie, Krusty the zombie. Um, and yeah, that's where I got connected with them. I fell in love. Uh, the company continued to grow throughout the years. Um, and yeah, and now we have over 175 different characters in our catalog. 
Yeah, what Josh didn't really cover, I mentioned in kind of my email to you, was that he was such a fan of the product and just so amazed at the, the technology behind it. Since Josh has been doing haunted houses, started in his garage when he was a kid and then was uh, op uh, operations manager at the haunts in San Diego. And so he had been wearing latex masks for years and saw these masks and was like, I need these in my life. I need them at my haunt. I need these guys as my friends. So basically, I loved everything about the mask besides the price point. So I figured if I buddied up with the owners and chopped up with them, I'd start getting better discounts. But I think he started overcharging me. To be honest. I, think he, I think I was taxed for the friendship that, that he provided. But uh, that, like, it, it, like, like Tabby does, I, I was a big fan. Um, I, I liked both guys that ran the company. So it was really easy to kind of be a, a fanboy and help promote them and, and watch them grow. Uh, at the same time, Tabby and I had, uh, I, I was working for a large haunted house company in San Diego. And so we had branched out to open our own mm -hmm. attraction separate from that, from that company. And so it was kind of a cool thing because I was out branching out doing my own thing while CFX was just growing and dominating you know, the, the, the mass, you know, the silicon mass side of things. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of a mutual thing. And so as I grew, I purchased more and more masks from them. Um, you know, I would, I would go and just find any excuse I could to <laughs> buy a mask for the haunted house. <laughs> uh, my air quotes. There. They are, they're amazing masks. Like I have my favorites. Um, I've for the last, I would say, I don't know how long it's been out. I want to say at least two years, possibly three, the golem masks oh yeah i love the ice golem i think that is so cool it's it really is i'm like ah, that one's really cool it's one of my oh. favorites um i like the i like the variety that you guys have you do have a huge variety of like artistic skill and imagination in your guys yeah. masks like you don't do the same thing over and over and over like i you could argue okay the imp and the devil demon they they look similar they have pointy ears they have a nose and they have one has horns and some scales all right but you have things that never even crossed my mind like <laughs> igor i like igor like he's he's a little yes. disturbing but it's it's so different so like, so again we've been around since you know we've been creating new designs since 2007 um you get to a point you know we've done a lot of marvel licensing we've done mm -hmm. hbo licensing we've done trauma licensing we, we've run the gamut of all these masks that you know we can do and so you start going well what else you know what, what other characters can you come out with that's not a zombie or a demon or you know some kind of Doll. devil creature yeah. and so yeah and so that's kind of where igor igor was one of those uh, we had an artist in the shop that was really into kind of that old 70s surf punk style it, yeah. it looks like a b horror movie monster it's it's yeah. so much fun that's, i love it it's so exactly, unique but, yeah it, we, we didn't take it i i mean you know we, we took it seriously as a mask but, but we knew it was very comical and a little corny and cheesy yeah. um but we knew there was a market for it and it's actually been a pretty good seller we 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 sell those on the regular since it come out came out so there's there's a special market for igor and people are loving people in that market are loving him for um, sure yeah, he's, yeah. he's unique he's he's fun um you have some you have some crazy ones out there uh case in point one of your newest masks uh the i'm gonna screw up the name so i'm looking it up right now uh the fungal one uh guy yeah. fun guy we just call them fun guy fun guy, fun guy. yeah he exactly. like that one is <laughs> I was like, huh, all right, uh, that's, or the uh, the one that is, I think it's his alternate where it's a bunch of the hands, like, it looks like a bunch. Yeah, with all I'm the glad eyes. You, yeah, I was like, ooh, that one's, yeah. uh, that's. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good at descriptive terms. I'm usually pretty good at, at figuring out which and mask you're talking about. So, so. so one of the things that a lot of people kind of forget is we have 175 base masks mm -hmm. on we can modify every single one of those yes, i was going to bring that in too way. and so we we don't spend a whole lot of time just sculpting out brand new masks because usually if if you're looking for something we can create it off of what we Absolutely. have and it's going to save you a bunch of money versus you know sculpting something brand new mm -hmm. uh, that, that's where all the costs are involved is in the initial sculpt mm -hmm. and you know the mold you know making making a production mold for the mask all that stuff is that's the challenge and everything is done by hand here everything's done here in-house uh we don't 
outsource anything. Uh, And so everything is sculpted by hand in monster clay. And then it's molded by hand with fiberglass. Josh does a lot of the mold stuff. Um, A lot of clay walls and a lot of uh, fiberglass. Uh, And yeah, so. How how long does it take, Norman? Sorry, uh, not to cut you off. Um, How long does it take to normally make a mask? So let's say I'm getting, let's, let's do a basic simple one here. Try to keep your numbers down. Um, let's say we're doing the, your, your icon mask. We're doing the imp. How long would that typically take? So, so you want a yellow imp with spots, which is our, our mascot character. Uh, the molds already made for that. So from the time we start pouring silicone till the time it's in your hands, it's probably going to be about on that one because those spots are all hand drawn in there's no stencil or anything wow, he's, he's probably about 18 to 20 hours worth of work okay wow uh, and that's that and then at that point then it, it winds up in my hands and mm. so i'll inspect every single mask that leaves the shop here as long as i'm i'm here if i'm out at a trade show or something like that i have a backup that can okay. inspect for me but I, I tend to inspect every single mask that leaves the shop to make sure it's on standard with everything else i respect to make sure that. It's clean yeah. Um, so yeah, about about twenty hours on an amp like that. Um, our longest mask. It, it depends if it has hair. That's a completely different ball game. But some of the masks can hair take. Usually adds about a week to two weeks, depending on how much hair you're doing. But it, so of act that that's that's production time. Yeah. Of actual production. work, uh, like a full head of hair could take eight to twelve hours. Okay. Wow. If yeah. the person can just sit there and do just that one consistently. So um, like pull up like a Tessa zombie silicone mask. That one would be a lot of hair. Yes. yes. And and that's reflected <laughs> obviously in, in that the in point. the price point yeah. of that mask. And that's yeah. pretty much all hand punched. Um, and all those bows are created by our hair artist as well. So she creates all of those. So no two bows are alike. Uh, very rarely can they be alike because she just grabs like whatever fabric, expressive fabric. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. But, I, but yeah. I like the uniqueness you guys put in. And so even if I say, okay, I want this mask, it's mm-hmm. still not going to, there's never going to be a mask that is quite like mine. It is a special little snowflake. And I, yeah. I, and the, the fact that you take that much time and dedication and appreciation of whether it's you or your counterpart that is doing it to actually make sure you're producing a quality uh, product out there and you're making sure your customers are getting what they deserve and what they're paying for. I have a lot of respect for that. And I appreciate that. And I know the listeners are definitely going to have an appreciation mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. And, and we understand the price point of the mask. They are an investment. And so we, we respect all of our customers in that manner of, we understand that you're, you know, th- this is yeah. for most people, this is a, a considerable purchase. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I know what I would want, yeah. you know, in, in paying that kind of money, and when I receive a mask, I know what I want it to look like out of the box. And so that's what I just kind of make sure of. Um, and I mean, we have a, a unique perspective too, that we were consumers of the product before we came to work for CFX. So we know what we would expect, like Josh was saying, as on the consumer end. So like what we would want to see when we get one of these masks for the first time, what we expect, you know, a 500 plus dollar mask to look like um, and what kind of customer service is provided with it, which absolutely. is something that I definitely strive for. Um, so far, it seems like we're succeeding at. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you definitely provide that fair service. Um, so, speaking of your your customers and your fans, who would you consider? What is your target audience for this? Because, like you said, your masks are a little bit more on the price; they are pricey. However, the product that you're getting, I definitely agree that you're giving a high quality product, and the the amount of work and TLC that you're putting into it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, but who is your audience? Is it the everyday Joe Schmo like myself? Is it like the the haunting society or the, the the people that are doing all the scare areas or is it just you know i'll let you take it from there i, th- I think i kind of covered a lot of broad answering your uh-huh. own question for you <laughs> i hear you honestly there's a little bit of everything uh cfx started like josh was saying in the haunted house industry that's where most of our bread and butter came from most um, of the purchases yeah. were from larger theme parks right. and haunted larger attractions homes. They could purchase, you know, five to 10 of these masks at a time Correct. and incorporate them in. But, um, but slowly and surely, uh, due to the amazing world of cosplay, because I was also uh, really big into cosplay when I had time to do it. Um, ever since we've been going to San Diego Comic-Con, that world has opened up uh, dramatically for CFX. It's something that I knew before I came to work for the company. It was an avenue that they would really excel in. And we do, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who do it for cosplays. 
Um, and as well as individual buyers, uh, actors at haunted attractions, um, you know, so even if their boss may not buy a mask for the event, they may have a character that they've created and they have a mask and they're like, look, this is the character that I'm going to wear the whole time. And they have bought that mask of their own money and their own accord. Um, so I guess it's, it's kind of those, those three are definitely yeah. the biggest it's, it's haunts, cosplayers, and then individual consumers. Yeah, um, definitely. Just the, like yourself. The, the, the attraction role is definitely still our number one, uh, consumer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a lot of custom cosplay stuff mm -hmm. is coming through the shop. Uh, I see more and more custom masks. Yes. It seems like every, you know, we've been here for two years and in the two years that we've been here, uh, the amount of custom masks coming through is a lot more. And so they're one-off orders. It's usually like a set of gloves and a mask together, custom matched for whatever character. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, more and more so because silicon masks are, are becoming more and more predominant out there on the market. Uh, thank you to all the scam ads out there on Facebook. Don't, never put silicon don't mask buy, on Facebook. Yeah. If you see a silicon mask, reach out, yeah, reach out directly to the time. to the maker. You'll get the best deal buying it directly from the maker. But thanks to all that, people now understand what a silicon mask is. Um, and so, yeah, more and more everyday consumers. Uh, again, it, it's at a price point, but when you when people look into the mask and they realize it has a twenty year shelf life, and you know they're they're, they're probably going to hand this kid this mask down to their kids as they get older, you know. And I, I know on my on my yeah. diet, my deathbed, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Instead <laughs> of like giving my kids anything, I'm going to give him the mask. Right? Like, Igor, like, like yeah, <laughs> I say this for you, son. It's a classic at this point. But, yeah, no, no but, but yeah, so we we do a lot more business that way. Um, and it, it does seem like more and more of just the everyday people are like, man, that's a really cool mascot. Yeah, let me go pick one of those up. And it's really funny because with the advent of like TikTok and social media in that regard, um, we have yeah at least a dozen if not more of our customers who are on tiktok who do videos with our masks um specifically i think there's a guy tiktok satan or like real <laughs> yeah. or something Where he's got the a Belial mask and he's just he's great like and he talks about like he talks about how he you know found cfx and how he found the mask and like people ask him all the time oh like what made you buy this and he's like i've been looking at it for years and I finally had the finances to do it, and I pulled the trigger, and I've never looked back. And so we we love hearing stories like that. Like that, yeah. that, that makes her a little dark. Feel good. So let me ask you this: since uh, this is uh, one 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 of the questions, I but um, how, how has the pandemic affected your guys' industry? Like, I, I've some people I've seen this effect. Like, it's been a huge positive. Like, uh, some comic guys they have like flourish, and yeah. others have been struggle. It, it's, it's strange. Yeah. We were, were very we worried really at first. Sure. So we were uh, we were two or three days away from leaving to go to the biggest trade show, that Transworld train show I was talking about earlier, yeah. uh, right before all the lockdowns kind of went into place. And uh, so we quickly pivoted and we kind of started doing some virtual shows and doing some live streams, yeah. you know, connected to CFX, uh, where we basically set up a small area of the shop that we pretended like we were at the trade shows still and uh did a live stream. we told everyone we changed the name from trans world to fans world uh, i had a little audio track playing in the background that made it sound like we were at a convention we had good. the fog machine set up good job um, yeah so we, we pivoted very quickly um, but the crazy thing is we never slowed down no um the the, the production side of the shop shut down for about three ish week three or four weeks there Mm -hmm. um but i i was here at work pretty much every day on the front end of the office we we, we do other work yeah. other than the masks and and props and film work and stuff like that we also do uh some stuff connected to the medical industry and and due to those connections we were classified as an essential business uh we basically were allowed to keep production going mm -hmm. because the shop was open doing other production the masks all fall in line with that so we were able to keep producing masks throughout the entire thing um our we had one of our best sales years yeah. So date, given everything, year. we had a fantastic year last year. I think a lot of people were sitting at home and realizing that, you know, if, if they were ever going to pull the trigger on something from us, now is the time to do it. I think uh, it put a lot of things in focus for a lot of people and realized that, you know, why wait if they can make it happen? Um, and, you know, thankfully, we were all still gainfully employed. We didn't have any issues with any layoffs. Even the people who weren't physically working for those three weeks, we were still able to make sure they were paid. Um, and you know, that's, that just speaks to the volume and the value that, uh, CFX, you know, places on our employees, because without them, we wouldn't be able to make the amazing masks that we do. That's, so. you know what, that's awesome. I, I love the fact that you definitely 
give out the props to your your whole CFX family there. That's, said, that's I, awesome. Yeah. Look at it, it is definitely a team effort here. Uh, <laughs> everyone kind of touches. We all touch your stuff. Yeah. Any, <laughs> yeah. Any mass pass through at least four different sets of hands before it gets through you. That's you know. It, it could be six or seven. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, so I can't wait to get mine. I, so I actually was going to be, I kid you not, uh, it was about two years ago. I was going to be ordering a mask. I was actually going to get the the golem, the uh, the ice yeah. golem mask. Uh, yeah. And I was sitting there talking to my friend. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to get this and do this and get the gloves. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's awesome. And then I kid you not, like it within a few hours, I got a call saying, hey, we're having you know, we're pregnant. <laughs> so I had twins. And so they're oh my I have twins. Yes. Yes. So we got three boys now in the house. Well, four, if you can, if you count me, um, yeah. yeah, my wife definitely does. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, you do. I really do like your, pro- I, 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 I'm not trying to sell you to the audience. I'm really not because I, you, you don't need to be sold. You have an awesome product and it. If anybody's ever seen your stuff, they know you put out a quality product. Um, and the fact I, I also take in and, and I think, one of the reasons stuff like this is so successful is because we live in the culture now of nerd culture where it is slamming. The fact that you guys have D and D games at your guys office is awesome. And I will be, and I'm sure a few of the listeners will be sorely disappointed. If not, at least one person is wearing a mask while you guys are doing these D and D games. I'm not going to lie. I would be, you should be cosplaying like every single time. If you're not, I would be, I'd be a little heartbroken. It's like telling me there's no Santa or something, you know? No, it, it's funny. Like I, I, I put a mask on for any, any, any chance you got. I'm gonna act like <laughs> to be an audio only pause. I was already digging masks out. Yeah, I asked Abby, like I was, out. I was digging stuff out. Like, okay, I want to have this one ready. I want to. Yeah, this one you. Ready. I would not. I, I yeah. would. But, but it's funny because it does get to a point because like everyone, like there's just in our shop. You look around and there's at so any point nice. fifty or sixty masks just floating around in the production cycle. So they do lose a little bit of that. <laughs> Ooh, wow factor. I'm not, I, I, I still love them. It's, it's like working at a, like a, an ice cream, you know, shop. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I really don't want ice cream right now. You know, yeah. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> like, or you know what it is. Cause it's always like, Hey, you know, like here, here's a brand new mask. Who wants to put it on to see how it fits? Yeah, you know, we do we need do to make alterations video. on it? Like, Who wants to come do a movement video? And everyone's always like, uh, I always okay. have to tag Josh into the movement videos because everyone's like, oh no, I got I got all this stuff to do. Um but, but yeah. I mean it, but it's it it's funny because like you were saying, people know what our product looks like online. And so for the past year, people haven't been able to come and see the product in person. And so that's that's one thing. It's like we love how beautiful and impressive our stuff looks online and it and in video and in movement videos, but it's a whole other ball. It looks better in come, person. When you can come out and see it in person, when you can touch it, when you can try it on, hopefully we'll get back to that soon. Um, you know, so that's why me personally, I love doing the CFX lives. I love, you know, interacting and engaging with people, you know, via video, but seeing and meeting our fan base and our customers and what we call our CFX family, um, you know, in person at these trade shows and conventions, it really re-solidifies why we do this you know for josh and i we're very lucky that we do get out of the shop and we get to go to these conventions and interact with people who love the product and not a lot of other people in the shop get to do that um and so when we go to our big trade show uh in march like last time we brought two of our our paint team we brought our paint room manager and one of our other contract painters um and so our paint room manager has been there before but our, our other painter has never been there and for her she said you know, it was a really good invigorating, a reinvigoration as to why we're doing this, you know, to see people come up and see the masks and be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or I've been looking at this for X amount of years mm-hmm. or like you, I almost bought it, but this happened, <laughs> you know, yeah. so for a lot of team members in the shop, like Josh was saying, they see the masks here on a daily basis and sometimes it loses its luster, but for them to be able to go out to these trade shows or engage with our customer base, it really re-solidifies why we do what we do. And, you know, it, it helps us remember, you do cool stuff. Yeah, we you do. Really cool you like you do. You get that satisfaction and appreciation of knowing that you're making a difference. That that, that, that yeah. neat change that you're getting somebody to geek out. Um, exactly. So we'll go. I, I got a few more questions for you. I know we go on these huge tangents. Um, yeah. it, it will always will. It always <laughs> will. Um, 
let's go with this one since we're you know geeking out here what's your favorite masks that's always a tough question um okay so my first mask that i ever purchased from cfx was yorick it was a a dried yorick so that's the skull guy he's uh just a big big skull um and we have two different variants we have like a a bloody variant or the dry variant so like the dry variant would be imagine he's sitting in a coffin for the last 150 years (laughs) yeah versus the the bloody variant which is just like it says it's raw and bloody and a little bit fresher Uh, but that was my first mask um I still own it. It I use it on the regular. It's over 11 years old. Um, yeah, it's like 11, 12 years old at this point. Um, still in great But I still day. love it. But if I had to pick like my absolute favorite mask, it has to be the imp, uh, which is our mascot character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the most versatile mask that I think I've ever like seen, especially of our of our lineup. I've seen it in every different color, I've seen it in every different variation, I've seen it with hair. I've seen it with horns. I I've seen every version of the amp, and they all look good. So yeah, that would be my favorite. Is the amp? I'll, I'll okay. keep that ordering concise. Uh, well, Josh already hit on one of mine. It's also York, but I'm also biased because it's his mask, and that's okay. you know his character. When we were haunting, he built a character based off that, and I built kind of a character to counter that. Mm-hmm. Um, with a different mask. It was a pig face mask, not one from a CFX. different company. She's a traitor. Oh. oh uh, yeah. It was a, it was a custom no, it though. A custom. It, it okay. was a one-off, one-off custom. Uh, good friends so. with Tom Devlin. Uh, he has a really awesome monster museum outside of Vegas. Uh, he had a pig face mask that he made in in foam latex one year, and he just wasn't making them anymore. And we're like, hey, what can we do to get him in silicone? And basically, he made me two custom silicone versions wow. of that mask. They're half masks. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was my second silicone mask love. But no, so. Uh, Josh's York mask is definitely probably one of my favorites. Um, and I don't know, like I, there's, there's so What's many. What's your and favorite me, one to wear? For me, it's hard because there's the female line, there's the female lineup and there's several in there that I, that I love to wear that are super comfortable. And then there's some from the male line that I just love character wise overall. Um, Dracul is definitely one of my favorites. Dracul's I one. love his ears. The ears are just fantastic. We did a modification to our, our Roxy bathory to be a female drag cool mm. or eventually do a full sculpt of that so that's that's kind of a close second there um but tessa zombie tessa zombie's great to wear she's <laughs> so much fun i did a photo shoot with her the hair is great um but man i honestly those those are some of my favorites but of the new ones i, I let me let me let me go back igor is definitely there <laughs> for are sure in- because it's it's just those like surfer punk vibes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of. Um, yeah. I, I just imagine B fifty two is playing in the background like Rock Lobster or something like yeah. that. Exactly. Um, are they are they so looking at all the masks and everything? And I'm kind of going through as you're talking about. Them, I want to pull them up and look at them. Uh, are any of them really hard to see out of? Or do you guys have difficulty seeing out of any of these masks? This is so, yeah. So we design, we try to design our mask with the wearer in mind, and, mm. and for them to be able to be used in an attraction. Again, haunters by nature. Once you have access to all yeah. your senses. So that is yeah. something that we do consider in a design. Although, if we have a really cool design, we're not going to let that go. So there are a couple of the masks that don't have nose what? holes, mm. um, or there's a couple of the masks that maybe only have one eye hole, or or the eye holes have webbing okay. over the top of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are there are some masks that do present challenges. Uh, are they, we had the universal license and we did a they live mask mm-hmm. and it had vacuum form plastic eyeballs that would insert with, like, into it with slits. slits. In and so that one that one presented some challenges because you were definitely looking through some slit vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, we we try to keep them as wearable as possible, um, but there are some masks that yeah do present some challenges. Like. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. one of them because his eye his eye holes are a little bit smaller than uh our normal human shaped eye holes i literally was about uh, to pull him up too and like that one or uh the sentinel and the archangel yeah. boogeyman look like yeah, where they have yeah. Slits over the eyes. Um, yeah now with the slits over the eyes we have them designed so that you still can see rather well out of those slits it's actually a question i have waiting in my inbox and social media is how well can you see out of the slits so yeah with the slits we do design them so that they're there is a gap 
for mm-hmm. your eyelashes and eyelids to still be able to move. So it's not nice. flat up with your eyes. But uh, they, some it does present challenges for some mm. people. Okay, that, that's cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, here's a question from a, one of the listeners, and this is uh, right. this is a good one here. Well, the <laughs> the well, it's it's I, the, how they worded it, and we kind of talked about this off screen. Uh, the hardest mask. Uh, so the, what would you consider the most? What was the, the most? most yeah, complicated. It, it, yeah, let's go with that. Sculpt, mold, and or paint. So yeah, I so mean, you, yeah, we can break that down into a, a few different categories. And, so so but overall, but so overall, I think the most challenging sculpts usually tend to be the more realistic humans mm-hmm. because people know what to expect from you know what, what a we shape should look like. Where creatures you can get a little bit crazy, your sculpt doesn't have to be as tight and and as anatomically correct. Um, so that that can present a challenge. Uh, and I'm going to build up here to, to something. So, so that that tends to be the, the hardest in terms of sculpt. In terms of production, anything that has a lot of weird shape or mold making is the same thing. So, anything with a lot of weird shapes and big, long pieces to it. So, uh, our deep spawn, for instance, yeah, with his long tentacles. We needed yeah. those challenges in the mold making side of things. So they add production time on the tail end. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that we, we have to do separately and then add on to the mask. Um, and then paint wise, anything with a lot of detail um, would do it. So then we're going to roll all this together and we're going to talk about the fungi mask. <laughs> uh, it, while it's not a human, it has human shapes to it. Yes. And that was, a, that was a key thing. Yes. But it's, there's also nothing symmetrical on that mask. No. Every Every quadrant of that mask is something new and different, and uh, it is all based off of real funguses. Is that devil fingers on the the top of it? Yeah. I knew it. Ah, I'm so proud of myself. Literally every spore and fungus and everything on that thing was based off of a real fungus. We used reference pictures. Um, It was all done in a 3D design um, and then given to our sculptor who translated that with his hands into clay. Yeah. Um, he Props even said that, that he was a little intimidated <laughs> by it because, because of the non-symmetrical aspect of it. Yeah. Now it does throw out some people off because it is, you look at it and you're like, I don't even know what There's I'm looking so at. Much going on. There's but a lot was, going on. So yeah, that was kind of the point. So what we wanted it to be is we wanted it to be a fungus that has become sentient and is yeah. trying to mimic a human versus, versus a human. Do you build stories for each of these characters? We try to. Okay. Uh, I, I respect it, that. Okay. It makes it more fun and definitely. It, yeah, that, but it helps. So when you're talking to a sculptor, you know, he needs to know, am I, am I starting with a, a base human head that has growths coming out of it? Or is this something that was formed organically? And so it, it, just, it knowing those kind of details helps in creating these characters. Yeah. I'm loving Tony. this mask more and more now, now that you guys yeah. keep talking about, oh, I, I, so then yeah in the, in the casting process the casting process on that mask is actually fairly simple there's not a not a whole lot of additions that cleaning we have to mold. yeah um oh but oh yeah cleaning up the mold took me about a day <laughs> on that one because you have to literally scrape all the clay out of every crevice and oh, you can't really use a, any real tools it's basically toothpicks and, and popsicle sticks <laughs> and, and a power washer yeah. basically yeah. but uh yeah so so then it gets to paint and paint has to hand paint every single one of those spores as well the 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 fungi mask is definitely a big challenging mask um we've had some other masks um that are you know modifications and stuff like that that have just as much work put into it but in terms of just a straight production mask straight straight mask straight from the mold without any crazy modifications fungi is definitely our 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 most complex yeah so the the bioluminescent version has seven different uv colors it, it, it's ba- more like 15 different or was it 15 colors. okay sorry uh I, I knew it was an insane is that up on the the site the... no not yet it's we, not up there yet we we're... made one and it sold almost immediately um, so as soon as we had it, it available but we're, but we're working on some stuff on the back end because we might want to update some of the colors on it um i also i'll shoot you an email so yeah let me know because i think uh, uh if my wife yeah. doesn't listen to this podcast uh i might that might be the one I'm going. I'm really am falling more and more in love with this mask. You're selling and me so, on it. <laughs> and 
with fungi, we, we can add additional spores onto the collars mm -hmm. or wherever you like. Yeah, we have, uh, we have these little, little tiny, yeah, little spore tiny spore funguses that are add-ons that can be glued on. They can be done in UV colors. I, do. I love it now. I yeah, want you, it. <laughs> so you can do glow in the dark with that mask and uh, have UV colors on top of it. So not only will it glow naturally, but it'll glow under UV stop, as well. <laughs> stop, stop. You, you already sold me. Stop. <laughs> it's like, awesome. Like, <laughs> we have 170 plus design and thousands of ways to customize from paint to hair to wounds. And to that's what, that's really the cool form. part too, is you, you can really make it because we hand make every mask. It's not like we have just a box of masks sitting here at the shop. You call us, you order it, or you go online and you order it. A sh Tabby or Jonathan will, you know, I'll give you the names of the people. They'll, Tabby <laughs> we'll or Jonathan will process that order in person. Yeah. They'll go talk to the artist. We'll, we'll figure out what it'll take. Uh, you know, we follow up with you if there's any modifications or changes that we need to make or if there's any timeline changes. Um, awesome. Yeah, is that, that's the cool part is you can really make it your own mask and yeah. you can make your own character um, versus just buying something from, you know, Spirit or Party City yeah. that you know, 15 other people at the party is going to have. Yeah. So you want, you want me to tell you a little trick? Uh, on Go how for you it. Sell stuff? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I normally pay for this seminar right now. Or maybe <laughs> so here's in the early days before I can justify buying masks for the haunted house and, you know, as a tax write off and stuff like that, I used to have to convince people as I'm pointing to. I'm sure I had to justify the expenses of buying new masks. So Tabby and I would always go to it was there was a halfway to Halloween party in San Diego. And then there was always some some Halloween parties at the local bars. Well, they always had costume contests. I don't know if you can see where this yeah, is going. Yeah, I got exactly. A lot of those going. costume contests have a thousand dollar grand prize. Some of them have a fifteen hundred dollar grand prize. If you go to the right ones, you can get a twenty five hundred dollar grand prize. Do you know how many masks that buys? Uh, that buy dollars. That'll get you, that'll get you four four really good masks. <laughs> I like it. And so there's your little trick audience. And a lot of uh, people do that. A lot of people make their money back and then some by doing these costume contests. Now, now I'm creating a, 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 some competition out That's there. That's what I'm saying. You're about to, you're, you're yeah. giving away too good of a secret here. You're, you're, you're oh no, this episode may not get aired. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, you're not allowed to do it in Baton Rouge because that's my stopping grounds. Right fair there. enough, fair enough. I'll, I'll stay off of your turf. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, there's a little inside advice from the team yeah. at CF how, how to convince your significant other or yourself that it's worthwhile to buy a mask. That's, that's, that's good. Um, what is one thing? So you guys have a lot of say in this stuff now, obviously. Um, yeah without giving away anything that could possibly be coming out, because I don't want you to do that. Uh, yes. Um, what is something you would like to see made? Um, I, I've got one that I would like. Uh, I would like to see uh, something dinosaur related. You don't, I mean, you have your reptiles, you have your snakes, but you don't have anything like I'm thinking like, I'm not saying full blown, but maybe like a hybrid or something. I was like, oh, that would be neat. But that was just me thinking all about it. So it's funny you say that. So one of the one of the masks that's been wanting to be made here, and I, I think I can say, I think at this point, everyone kind of wants this. So it's not like it's a secret. We want to make a dragon mask. Yeah. So that's something a little that bit more dope. Yeah, dragon-esque. Um, here's one of the challenges. With silicone, you have a, you have a weight issue, right? So silicone, it is a, a denser, heavier material. Um, and so whenever you start building out, you start having sag issues. Mm -hmm. Now we compensate with that. We, we actually have some technology into the masks uh, with the, the meshing and stuff on the inside that will help with the sag, but you can only go so far before the mask kind of becomes heavy and, and so, so like your revenant, like your, your revenant has a little bit of, it, it looks like a little bit to it and everything. Yeah. And, and that definitely in the back with the horns. And so we'll, we'll use carbon fiber rods and stiffeners. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, we, we don't use fiberglass anymore. Most of everything we do is carbon fiber. Uh, and so we, we, we will embed rods mm -hmm. in, in so on the for areas. instance, the one with the, the, the blue one with the two kind of longer protruding horns up there in order to not have those wiggle, we put rods in there. That way there is more rigidity. Uh, we also use different durometers of silicone. So the durometer is its density and thickness kind of mm -hmm. like how firm or how soft yeah. it is. And so we, we can use a much firmer silicone on areas that we don't want to sag and stretch as much and then go to a much softer silicone to exaggerate certain movements. And so, yeah, so it, it, a lot of that stuff is involved in that. 
but uh, we also, so we, we do a certain famous dinosaurs mask uh, for anyone that watches wrestling, AEW. Uh, we, we do the Luchasaurus mask uh, on there and he huh? is a dino um, <laughs> and it is a modified Viper mask. So it is yeah, our snake mask, right the one that you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, heavily modified. Um, it's been basically, it's a face only with a bunch of strapping in the back. So that way it's more durable for him to wear in the ring. His mouth is cut out so his beard um, can come out. Yeah, he's a, he's a hairy dude. So he's got all <laughs> kinds of hair. Uh, and it's really cool. But uh, I mean, am I allowed to talk the whole lot? We, we are working on something custom for him right now. Yeah, so, we, cool. so, so yeah, so there will be a new, something new coming out. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Hey, that, that's, no, that's... <laughs> I think, so I think we, yeah, we are working there's, closely. A, there's NDAs on a lot of the stuff and I know I can mention it, but we can't really say what we're doing. So that's, that's fair. That, I respect that. So keep an eye out yeah. and your wishes may come true. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I'm excited. Um, I have kept you guys for a long time and I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure it didn't seem like any time at all, especially when you get to geek out about something you love. Absolutely. Um, what is, uh, where can people find you? Or rather, before we go to that, what do you guys got upcoming events coming up? Uh, so great question. We actually leave for a trade show next week. Uh, we're going to a Midwest Haunters convention, uh, and this is going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So it's our first time going to Wisconsin, going to see some cheese heads. Um, we're excited to do a Midwest Haunters convention. Uh, and then that is June 25th to through 27th, uh, up in Milwaukee. Then we're going to go to Texas Haunters convention in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, and that's a two-day event in July, so July 17th and 18th. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be in IAPA, which is the uh, uh, what is the Orlando. International Association of Attractions and Theme Parks, um, and that's in Orlando, Florida, um, and that's in November. Uh, we're not going to bring a whole lot of our normal try-on display uh, stuff that we normally bring to our other conventions and trade shows, uh, but at Midwest Honors, if you can come see us, it's open to the public. Same thing with Texas Haunters. It's also open to the public. We will be bringing a 10 by 10 booth there. So you can come see Josh and I. You can come see the masks in person. I don't think we're still doing public try-ons, but we'll deal with that when we get to the trade shows. Um, but other than that, you can find us on Facebook, Composite Effects. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at CFX Unmasked. On YouTube, to, uh, TikTok, and Instagram, we are CFX Masks. And as always, you can find our wonderful selection of masks and gloves and other props at cfxmasks.com. That's awesome. That's why I let her do it. She's good. She's good. She's good. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I'm taking notes over here. Like, wow, she's done this a lot. (laughs) Um, Now, I will say this. Since you guys are going up to Wisconsin, you need to go up to, uh, since you guys are going to be in there, go check out Lake Geneva. That is the home of Dungeons and Dragons. Gary Gygax is from there. I went up there for a date. I went up there for, I didn't know this either. I went up there for a date or uh, like a honeymoon weekend or something with my wife. And we were up there and we're doing all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. It was very good. There's some, there's a great place like called Sprecker's makes amazing drinks and food and everything. Um, And we went to all these little hobby shops and nerdy places. And not once did anybody mention that Gary Gygax and Dungeons and Dragons, AKA Gen Con, yeah. Is originally from like Geneva, and wow. I was like, "Huh." And so I was there, and I, I I died a little bit inside. I'm not gonna lie. So while I'm giving you that little bit of it, tidbit of information, when you go up there, coach, yeah, no, right. I I love nerd tidbits like that, like stupid stuff like that. Really, just gets or the out. cheese castle. Check out the cheese castle if you can ever. I and cheese are pretty good friends, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Josh, Tabitha, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I will definitely be, uh, tagging in all your guys' links that we have for you. Uh, make sure you guys are all taken care of. Um, definitely. If you guys ever want to come on the show again, please let me know if you guys want to come play some D and D we do have a D and D side to our podcast. Uh, that's nerdy missions, total party kill. So, uh, somehow we've survived, uh, 11 episodes now. So we're doing pretty good. Uh, uh, it's been a blast with them. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up as always, please like subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. So please like, and follow us at DNA pod and on Twitter at nerd DNA pod. 
And the occasional time I am on uh, Twitch playing Phasmophobia, which is now my go-to game. Uh, follow me at Twitch at NerdDNA Podcast. And as always, I'm Steve Pugh, and I've been joined tonight with Josh and Tabitha from Composite Effects Incorporated. Thank you so much for being on the show. Not a Thank problem. you. It's a pleasure being here.